0: warriors thanks for tuning in today we have part two of my interview with rich ryan i just going to delve into some more specifics on what he's doing for his training what's going to take for him to get to the next level and ultimately who rich's influencers are in the sport and who he's following and uh have earned his admiration so uh, check it out part two of my interview with rich ryan coming up
1: Welcome to the Warrior Optimized Podcast. Join your host, Matt Angler as he shares insights into the strategies and mindsets that can be implemented to guide you down the road toward living fully optimized. As a business owner, sales and marketing director, success coach, anti-aging advocate, and lifelong learner, stories and lessons will cover a wide range, but golden nuggets are waiting to be uncovered, so buckle up. Yes, my name is Rich Ryan. I'm an endurance coach specifically with for runners and obstacle course racers. I'm a member of the 2020 Spartan Pro Team. Uh, there is still a pro team, even though there's no races, I guess. They're just asking us to help out with some content. So I'm on the team. It's great. I have the jersey. Um, so yeah, and I've been focused primarily in obstacle course racing as an athlete and as a coach for the past you know, about five or six years or so. And uh, I have an endurance coaching company called Reinforced Running where we, we do help out. Um, athletes of all, pretty much of all caliber, but really people who want to put in the work that they know can help them get faster and and wanting to find their true potential. And that's really who we're trying to help is someone who knows that they have more to give and they just need that point in the right direction. And they need a a little bit of help with, uh, some mindset and a little bit of programming.
0: I have kind of an interesting question and, um, I hear guys talk about fitness and like, even like after the post-race interviews and, you know, I, I just remember last year too, Robert Killian being interviewed afterwards. And it was like earlier in the season and he's like, my fitness just isn't there yet. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Like you've had this whole off season and you've been training and, you know, presumably, you know, there's some periodization built in there and uh, um, kind of tapering down. Like, what do you mean your fitness isn't quite there? And I basically, I think that's more of an elite level question. Um, but. Why don't you shed some light on on overall fitness, as opposed to just like your athletic conditioning? So- right.
1: Yeah. That, that's funny. That's an interesting question because that is the way, and specifically how runners talk to each other. It'd be like, "Are you fit right now?" Meaning, like, how fast are you? Like, how sharp are you? And I think that's another way to kind of to talk about is like sharpness and will and readiness to perform. So there are kind of two things that juxtapose during training. It's like your fitness and your fatigue right? And, and when your fatigue is high, your fitness is going and your readiness to perform. So there's like three lines, right? You're just your readiness to perform, to perform, your fitness, and your fatigue. And so your fitness can be high, but if your fatigue is high, your readiness to perform is low. So that's a lot of times what, what they're talking about there. It's like, you might be fit, but you're not ready to perform because you're so tired. Um, or you haven't built up to that point yet to, to where you think you can be. And in someone like Killian's case, who can't, who could, who you know wins World Championship Tahoe comes to Jacksonville in February and gets like 16th or something. So like he knows that it's not a representation of his fitness; it's just a representation of his training. And to get to that peak fitness point, like you need, you do kind of have to kind of go through some cycles to see exactly where that is and what that feels like and what that looks like and what that fatigue level associated with that fitness feels like as well. So that's kind of the, the point there. And a lot of the times, people can determine their fitness from benchmark tests and, and something along those lines so in your case when you're thinking about fitness did you just were you thinking it is just kind of like yeah explain to me like what, what you what you kind of thought it was
0: that's the thing i, I was unsure in a hmm. way because i obviously he he's he's training this is what he does for a living so, I, I just, you know, I, I understand there, there's cycles and there's lows, and maybe that was just a part of his, you know, training where he's in a, a periodization and, and just a low point in his training and he's not as intense in training. Like, maybe that's just part of his race season and it was mm. scheduled in that he wasn't expecting to be ready then. Because uh, I know a lot of people do say, like, yeah, they're hoping they're kind of working throughout the year to get ready for Tahoe or a particular race. Um, but uh, But I just think, like, this is what you do for a living. You're obviously continuing to get better. What do you mean that your fitness isn't there yet? Right. Right. And, and
1: that's, that's ideally what would happen is that when you build progress, you would be able to continue to build on it, but there would be a plateau at some point. And that's what a lot of times endurance athletes will get to and will Put themselves in an overtraining cycle where they just build and build and build and build and build, and, build and, then, and then they'll race, 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 and then they won't take this time down. So the line again kind of goes up and comes back down and kind of goes back up higher and then comes back down not as low. And that's where those fitness peaks and valleys come from. It's never going to be linear where you can just shoot up for, you know, three, four, five, six years. You can barely do that for four or five months. So having like those like a mezzo cycle in between, which could be like about three months of training at a time and then having some sort of peak uh, peak race and then after that race, kind of dropping things back down so that you can recover. And so for the next time you can build your fitness back up, it'll go a little bit higher than what it was before. Where I do find that that is something that is kind of counterintuitive because you think you would be able to kind of continue to build in your fitnesses where it was previously. It will just kind of stay that way. But it is important to, to create that space for yourself so that you are able to continue to, to build and not sit on a plateau. Um, so like Robert Killian's fitness, when he's talking about it that way kind of means his potential fitness, you know, he still has fitness, right? Like he's still a, a thing that he is, he attains, but it's just not to where it could potentially be at that point.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it might even be something that he's scheduled in. Like he's not even, he wasn't even planning on being at his high fitness potential in that particular stage of the season. 100%. He's kind of laying back a little bit. You know, it's kind of like almost like throttling his season. And he's a little off the throttle uh, for the beginning part and then slowly building it back up so that it does peak at the right time for him.
1: And he's actually a really good example of this because when he first came into the sport, he raced a couple of times and then won the world championship. And then all of a sudden he was racing like every race, every weekend, twice a weekend, doing hurricane heats and everything. And he wasn't seeing that kind of good, those like, excellent postseason results and if you remember a couple of years ago Cody Moat really dialed took us completely didn't like didn't do the national series at all just to build this fitness specifically for Tahoe came out and killed everybody know, mm-hmm. so it is really hard to, to do it especially in a season that's this long there hasn't really been a way that endurance athletes have been able to continuously build and improve for the course of eight to ten months um, without needing some sort of ways to kind of pull themselves back, at least yet. Um, so, and then and then Killian last year, he had a, he didn't have a great national series, and then his fitness popped at the right time. So he probably built it up really, really high, two or three, three or four weeks probably before his fitness and his fatigue were probably like through the roof, but his readiness to per, to perform was probably really low. And then when you hit a taper, that Brings that fitness. Uh, the fitness will stay longer than the fatigue. So your fatigue will drop. Your fitness will remain, and your readiness to perform will rise. So ideally, you want that to cross before your fitness drops, and your readiness to perform is at its highest before its fitness goes down, and then you hit that sweet spot of your taper. So yeah, he probably built up to that really high point, tapered down, and just nailed it, man. <laughs> he just killed
0: it. Timing, 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 and having control of the timing. Right. Right. And that's, that's obviously elite level, you know, talk right there. Um, But, uh, but, you know, for, for the age group guys, um, you know, we all are are, are looking up to to guys like you, even though like we, we, you know, we may, we have better conversations probably with our fellow age group guys, uh, but we're still influenced dramatically by, you know, by the elites. I mean, there's no getting around that. So from, from your perspective, who would be your biggest racing influencer? And it doesn't necessarily have to be OCR, but just, you know, somebody who you just kind of really like hang on their words and just like dig into, you know, their methodologies and want to try to get inside of their heads and just really inspire and influence you.
1: Yeah. I'm fascinated by the people who are outside of the in- like in traditional endurance background, because like I said, coming into my first race, I thought because I had a big aerobic base, and I was faster on flats that I was going to have a fine time on this. And I did not really know the difference of like mountain training and trails and how that is not the same thing. And so racers like Ryan Atkins, and even like Aaron Newell, who are in it for reasons other than just to run fast and, and perform well, like they're really in it because of the passion of being in the mountains and, and running well and, and, and doing things that they think are cool. And because my world is is very structured sometimes when it comes to training, and it's been that way for, you know, 19 years now is, is always a purpose behind every run and everything that I'm doing that athletes who might not who might be a little bit looser and are just doing it for the passion of things are, are inspirational to me because they're doing well and they're competitive people, but they're doing it on their own terms. You know, they're doing it because of, of they want to, to train a certain way and they're still getting great results where, so it just shows, it just is like inspiring to me because like, oh, there's different ways and it's, it's something that I don't quite understand. So it's like a mystery to me how they're able to do this. Um, so I like admire those kind of guys who are just in it for the sake of the joy of of the training and the, and the racing.
0: Nice. Nice. So personally for you, you know, you're, you made it now to the, to the level of, of Spartan pro team. So congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, so what, is, what does that mean as far as going to the next level for you? Like, what is it going to take for you? You know, obviously, you know, we've covered all the stuff and, and, and running and, the, and training with purpose and tapering and all that kind of stuff. But for you, what are you thinking is going to be the secret to getting you to the next level?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's something I ask myself a lot, you know, and, um, talking about fitness, I do believe my fitness, even though I would have spoken about humility a little bit before, I still believe my fitness is as good as anybody's. Like, I think if it comes to pure power output and pure just ability to go that I have it and I can hang with anybody, even in a gym, on the road, whatever it is, like we can go, but there is something missing with like the skill of, of the races, whether that is handling a downhill or moving in and out of obstacles at, at a rate that I feel comfortable with and confident in. And I think a lot of that is mindset and, and knowing that I can have that ability and then trusting that I can execute with the best of them. Because although I do believe I am as fit as anybody everybody's fit. Everybody's fit at this level. There is not going to be a separation. I'm never going to be so fit that I'm going to be able to just run away from the competition. Um, so, sorry, in uh, it's the middle city here. Everything's fine. Um, so it comes down to the trust that I need to have for myself to know that I can make these leaps that I haven't done yet. You know, and 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 that comes out in the training and doing some different things that make me feel a little bit uncomfortable so that I know when I go into the races that I am capable of doing these things as opposed to staying in my kind of comfort zone and where I know is going to produce good fitness results. I need to start producing better OCR results for myself and, and trusting that's when I get to the starting line. My mind is, is as strong as anybody else's and as confident as anybody else's. And I don't think I, 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 I won't back down from these guys, but it's just a matter of like trusting when I get to that point where it's time again to execute that I do execute and just having a good, good, solid mindset around that.
0: Awesome. Mindset. We're kind of circling back here. Perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's just under, it's under touch, man. Like when the, when you have all the physical part, like we mentioned in the beginning, like, yeah, there are physical parts and there's nuance to fitness and training, but the mindset is really what's going to move the needle the most. and, and, you'll know when you're in a, in a spot where you're sharp and you're feeling good and you're feeling confident uh, as opposed to getting to the line and questioning the workouts that you've done, questioning if you're prepared, questioning if you're fit enough. And, and just knowing that you're on the line and, and your mind is right is just the next level. It's, it's just how, and like any of the top competitors will tell you that they, they're confident when they get in there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, I'd, I'd love to, to hear for, for like the exit question is you Your biggest obstacle, you know, I guess pun intended, (laughs) most challenging race uh, that you had where, you know, the surprise bit you and whether it was the the weather or, you know, an injury or what was your biggest challenge in in and around a race that you had to overcome and that you're most proud of?
1: Yeah, I've had several bad races. (laughs) I've had a (laughs) lot of bad races. Um, I think I'm most proud of after that first season, you know, I got my butt kicked in Vernon. I got my butt kicked at Tuxedo. I got Crushed at Palmerton. That double sandbag carry, this is 2016. I didn't even, like, I carried it. ended up doing like a farmer's carry with my hands, and then my hands were shot for the rest of the, the race. And I was putting it down, just leaving it there. I was like, this is not even real. Um, I'm, I'm just proud of that first season of just getting destroyed and having it not be easy that I um doubled down. And I was like, well, like, this isn't going to be easy. I'm not just going to come in here and, and cruise. My fitness is not going to be. Enough to be one of the best at this. So, I need to work, I need to work at it. And then go back and evaluate, I need to change everything that I've done, I need to change all my training, and change uh, my mindset around this. So, really, it's, it, it always comes down to that first race you know, just being crushed, walking a lot, cramping like crazy, missing a bunch of obstacles, and just not going away. Because there's a lot of runners who do that. There's a lot of top athletes who come in here and, and don't, and it's not what they expect. And once they get their butt kicked, they're out. They go back to what they're comfortable with. So, it's not necessarily in race, but it's it's always a kind of like a post race eval. Um, because in race you have to to run the race that you're in. No matter what happens, you have to. Even if you miss an obstacle, it doesn't matter. You have to keep keep racing where you're at instead of just like pouting about it. Um, but the the debrief after and just figuring out how you're going to get better is is really what I've been proud of.
0: And coaching because you obviously have a coaching program. Mm-hmm. And- um and and, and one-on-one and tailored and, and it looks phenomenal what about you personally do you who do you seek out because obviously you you that you had some things you had to work on did what kind of resources did you use was it was it a coach in particular or was it just a combination of resources you just kind of leaning on your own connections and experiences and racing like how did you how did you figure it out personally
1: Great question, and yeah, as a coach, like I also do value coaching. So every season, I've gotten, I've, I really have invested in coaching pretty much the entire time. So, right, away, like I had my a buddy of mine who was a collegiate level, a running coach. So he's helped me. I've, I've worked um, with Bracken Crocker in the past. I've worked. Uh, I, I invested in a mountain running coach last year because that was a big flaw. After went out to Big Bear last year and got murdered. So I was like, okay, something is not going right on these mountains. So let's figure that out. This year, I've, I've invested in some strength training. And just to help with that kind of programming, uh, I wanted to get as strong as possible for things like DecaFit and for high rocks. And I wanted to kind of wrap my head around uh, more like powerlifting training and how that's going to relate back to endurance training. And, and most recently, I've invested in some uh, coaching for mobility and movement. And this to me has been huge. My limiting factor is is typically pain. If It's not necessarily injury, but just like day-to-day pain. Like if my feet hurt um, going back and forth, like I'll do a lot of volume. I'm not, I'm not afraid to do a lot. Um, but if I start feeling worn down in my hips and my knees and my ankles, uh, that is where it kind of becomes less enjoyable. So I've invested in some coaching uh, with uh, Taylor Cruz of Cruz Elite, who is more of a – specialist in, in pain management and movement. And this is just going to ideally give me the license to do more. <laughs> like I want to do more. I want to keep it coming, but I want to make sure I'm, I'm staying healthy. I want to make sure I'm not neglecting anything. And then ideally when I get onto the course, my movement will be a little bit more free. I'll, I'll feel a little bit looser and, and more confident that I can kind of go up and down in and out of things a little bit easier. So I've invested in, in, in coaching in, in almost all aspects of the sport. Um, yeah, I found it's the best way to learn. It's the best way to grow.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. And it's funny, even um, you know, my whole journey really in taking this more seriously started when I just was so aggravated that I was cramping in like every race, you know, and I couldn't wrap my mind around what I was doing wrong. And it, and it ended up being a Ben Greenfield podcast. And I got to find it again because it was the most, it was my first introduction to him and he had some expert on talking about cramping and it was over an hour long. And it was one of the most fascinating pieces that I've ever witnessed. And because cramping, according to this guy, was basically all neurological. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was just interesting. I mean, there are some supplementation and there's magnesium, potassium. There's, there is that part of it. But ultimately, just what's happening neurologically and why mustard, for instance, works. You know, it's like the smell, how it disrupts the neurological patterns. But, um, but for me, it was like, wow, there's a lot you can learn just from podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Rich Diaz, I literally learned how to run by listening to his podcast. You know, so I really kind of, uh, as they call it, bootstrapped my way to a podium because I was just <laughs> consuming content, you know, that I could for free with podcasts and YouTube videos. And, uh, you know, luckily I, I, I was, you know, following the right people. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, and, but, it, but it's important. And there is, there's a lot of advice, right? There's a lot of different
1: stuff out there, and it's a matter of committing to that. And like It wasn't that you just heard that this neurological thing or you heard Diaz talking about running form. It's the practice and seeing what's going to work for you. So it's the follow-through that's really the biggest. So you can consume stuff all day because there's unlimited content to consume, but putting it into practice is really what's going to make or break. And, and, that's, and that's when a lot of times the, the best part about coaching is that someone's there like, you're going to do this, (laughs) you know, yeah, it's not like, it's not like groundbreaking information for a lot of people, but it's a matter of just like the accountability and just the follow through and the consistency of things.
0: So last question, uh, this has been awesome, man. This has been awesome. So obviously, you know, I'm, I'm just owning this whole epidemic and pandemic with the hair and the beard. Like I'm excited coming up soon. Uh, but, uh, but as far as what, what, what's happened in the last, gosh, whatever it's been now, two, two and a half months, uh, just, are you are you better off as far as your 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 fitness yeah, right now, or have you stayed the same? managed it, or or are you worse off? Um, do you have some catch up to do when this thing starts to clear clear up? So I really wanted
1: to make the most out of it when it comes to training, and I did kind of switch gears. So went to Jacksonville and then came out of it, and everything happened. It's like okay, we might not race again. Um, so I did run. I set up a couple, uh, almost like a progression to run a fast 5K. I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I, I don't have access to a lot of things. I still have access to the road. I can still run. So I actually was able to run a lifetime PR in the 5K about a month ago, wow. which I was really pumped about because my lifetime PR was in college in like 2006. So okay. that many years removed running the fastest I've ever run in, in a 5K was really exciting. And then since then, I took, I took some downtime. So it took like two weeks of just chilling, just doing whatever I wanted to do. And um, now I'm building back up. So I'm in a good spot. I'm in a really It's about with my fitness and there's a lot of places I can go and a lot of places I can play around with. So, uh, I've been happy with it. And again, it comes down to just, I I enjoy the training. Like I don't need that. I I know I like to push myself. I like to get out there and do it. Um, how about yourself? How's your fitness?
0: Um, you know, and it's funny, this word is, is really come up lately because, uh, I I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was my, my Garmin app or my Strava app. But the other day I was looking at it and I had noticed that, you know, for an equal distance run, you know, my, my pace was, was, was lacking and I was comparing my heart rate was a little higher and I don't feel, you know, that I've been really like off the wagon, like with nutrition, you know, still been keeping up with runnings, but it, but basically my app told me that your fitness is declining. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, this is so weird because I'm not doing anything drastic uh, that would be sabotaging that. And, uh, but anyway, you know, just reading a little bit into it didn't take long, but it basically turns out to probably just the stress of what's going on and mm. the stress and, and uh, the lack of sleep. I got a four month old baby, uh, <laughs> a toddler, you know, so it's, it's, you know, the sleep is, is rough, but then like, because we're home, you know, I'm trying to do work and, uh, in between taking care of kids, I like, guess it's just not happening, you know, and it's frustrating and aggravating and agitating. And you're just like, so I realized that that apparently has encroached on my fitness and I'm seeing it actually reflected in my pacing and my heart rate for similar runs that, you know, I should, I would feel I would be getting better at. Um, but, uh, but honestly too, I think the other element is I haven't done, I've been shying away from interval training and I just started mm. it last week. Um, cause they, they, they suck. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I started back doing just the 800 meter repeats and, um, so I think that should probably help me get back, and I and I did them again yesterday, and that actually was a big improvement just from yesterday to last Friday. Uh, so I'm feeling better. That I think that's probably another element of it, but uh, but yeah, it's it's amazing that these little things how they how they impact stuff, and you know, and, and,
1: and that's what they say. You know, stress is stress, like you physical stress, mental stress, lack of sleep. These are all things that are going to compound, and you know, when I was talking before about like the fitness versus fatigue. The stress is going to add to that fatigue level, so like it just your readiness to perform didn't rise with it as well. So I can see that, and that's that's a hard spot for you. And that's I just have n- no recommendations on like how to get more sleep with a four month old. Like I don't know, man. Yeah, <laughs> just good yeah. luck. <laughs> it
0: is, and it's not even just the sleep. It's just the fact that when they're awake, you know, they just need constant attention. You know, you can't just like self play. And, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to be diligent about not having the TV on. And so the, you know, and you can only play with monster trucks and Legos for so long before it's like, you know, we got to do something else going on a walk. So yeah, it's a lot of demands on time. Um, You know, you would think like, all right, you know, I can focus more on, on the fitness stuff, but it's just, this doesn't really happen. But, uh, but no, I'm excited. to. Are you doing the virtual race coming up? I am. I'm doing, I'm not the 12 hour. No, I, the Spartan next weekend is having oh, a
1: race. No, I, I don't I I didn't quite really follow what that was. I know it was like some big thing, but ORM's doing something that weekend too. What is the Spartan one? I, what I what is the exact thing that Basically,
0: you, you just register, you sign up and you run either the 5K sprints, you run a the, the 10K super, the half marathon beast, or an ultra. Um, and, and then they have obstacles that you do exercises. So it's like 10 reps of, you know, like a, a sit up and, and 10, right. depending on which one you're in sprint, there's only like 20 or 25 exercises. Super has an extra five or 10 and beast has a couple extra more you add on. So it's yeah. kind of, I think the honor system with doing the, the obstacles, uh, but the time and you're running, you would submit, you know, they would have to have a Strava or a Garmin or something. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it seemed interesting. I mean, uh, just to kind of do something that would kind of count.
1: I know the, uh, the ORM, they're doing their 12 hour virtual virus run or whatever they're they're calling it just like an ultra event where you do five mile loops for 12 hours. Um, so uh, some, some people are doing that again. Um, I'm actually doing, cause I was, that
0: did happen. It did that, cause I remember thinking about doing that because it was funny because I had this perfect like loop that would work for that but I just don't know that the, the family would be on board with me disappearing. So, for
1: I'm just gonna run for 12 hours you guys take care of yourself the uh, yeah that's that seems fun again it seems like a lot I'm not ready to just kind of throw in because that that's gonna take some time away from training you know you do 12 hour run you're gonna be wrecked for a while um, I'm doing something this weekend actually where it's a 24 hour. Like every five, every four hours, you have to run five miles. So it's a little bit more digestible, but it is still like overnight. Um, you're running for, you're kind of in an event for 24 hours. So that'd be fun. It's going to be low key. I'm doing it with my girlfriend. So that will be, that'd be cool. Um, and that's really been it. I've been doing some of the Yanti camp challenges now that I'm less structured. I'm just kind of like, oh, let me do this Yanti camp 4k or like this other weird one that he has. And I'm just, I'm mixing up more than I would have to, to have a little bit of fun. Are you going to go to Jacksonville?
0: No, no. I stay, I pretty much stay in the vicinity. In fact, for years, the only race I did was Palmerton. Mm. Um, It wasn't until I decided I was going to, I had to do a trifecta. You know, that's kind of how it started for me. It was like, ah, I got to do a trifecta, you know, and I had to leave the the, the state to finish it. I had to go, (laughs) actually, I did uh, my beast. I did my first ever beast was at Killington. Oh, wow you know, so then, and then I went for a double trifecta. I did a trifecta for two years and then I went for a double and I ended up going to West Virginia. So I don't go too far. Um, but, uh, but yeah, New Jersey's kind of been, been a popular spot lately. I've hit that one up consistently and obviously Palmerton. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I was getting on a plane and a long drive like that. Um, not, not my foreseeable future, but, uh,
1: fingers crossed for Palmerton. I mean, they're doing that They're They have those hump day five K's they do at blue Mountain, yep. and they're doing it again. They're doing it like next week that they're having specific. I mean, it's not 15,000 people or whatever a Spartan race brings in. And they're only like letting off three or four people at a time, but they're still doing events in in Carbon County. So I don't know, man. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling optimistic about it, but
0: maybe. Yeah. I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged, especially, you know, I got, you know, that's, that's what I'm riding on every year is that, that blue mountain course, you know, no more double sandbag though, which is interesting. Yeah, I'm okay with it.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I <laughs> that's agree. fine. Single that's sandbag cool. up that mountain is hard enough.
0: <laughs> you know, with that that's that's again one of those pivotal lessons, you know, on on just like one step at a time. I mean, if ever that adage, you know, applies, you know, it's like, you know, look up, I guess, you know, but ultimately just just don't quit. You know, just mm-hmm. don't put down the bag. Don't put those bags down. Take the steps, you know, and just don't quit on yourself and you know that that's the biggest test I've found has, has been that double sandbag.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was like that in Tahoe this year too. They had a huge double sandbag that was so heavy and their bags were frozen. Um, it wasn't as steep as Palmerton, but it was still like a game changer. A double sandbag anywhere is.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. Cause I was down the, uh, I believe, wasn't it the, the half pipe? Yeah,
1: it was a half pipe. Yeah. So it was pretty long, I guess. I don't know, but it was heavy and it was cold. It was a, that was, it It was just frozen sandbags.
0: <laughs> Nuts. Nuts. well listen rich i appreciate this so much i know uh the audience is gonna is gonna love this insight uh you know from uh and, and from a local guy too yeah right? man easton pennsylvania represent absolutely absolutely like, yeah. we have ali spartan as well aren't you
1: yeah yeah i grew up in east i live in philadelphia right now but i went to easton high school and grew up in easton love the place a lot of friends family still back there
0: okay yeah i went to central catholic so nice yeah, yeah. So we borderline neighbors at one point
1: yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> well, listen, dude, I appreciate this so much. This has been great, and uh, thank you for sharing the insight. And, uh, and I'm actually personally going to be checking out uh, more of the coaching website there. So, Cool, man. Awesome, on man. talking soon.
1: Yeah, appreciate having me on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if anyone wants to follow you, last thing, where can they, uh, you know, follow you and get in touch with you? What's the, you know, is it Instagram, Facebook, website?
1: Yeah. on all the platforms reinforced underscore running underscore rich on IG is probably where I'm most active. If like day to communication, um, Facebook rich Ryan on Facebook, uh, have a YouTube for reinforced running and also reinforced running podcast as well to get some of the more of the long form stuff. So a lot of places to find me. Uh, so Instagram is probably the best spot, but to get pushed out to all the other things. So
0: awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll grab all that from you and I'll be able to share it then with our audience. And, uh, Really stoked about this, dude. Thank you so much. Appreciate Go you. Ahead. Grateful. And uh, stay healthy, man. And we'll see you on the race course soon. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks, dude. All right. See ya. Wow. That was awesome. Really appreciate Rich Ryan taking the time out of his schedule to be with us and share such great information. Uh, honestly, I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to that myself and take some better notes because there was definitely some good nuggets that, uh, that he shared with us today. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys taking the time out to listen. Uh, ultimately, I want you to know that I have actually taken the time to prepare an awesome webinar masterclass whatever you want to call it and i encourage you to check it out matthewengler.com forward slash podium secrets yeah matthewengler.com forward slash podium secrets with an s on the end so here's the deal i've been able to not only grow out my beard and my hair but also flush out some of the inside details as to what it took for me to go from an above average participant to a spartan podium fish finisher at this moment four times over so still looking for that elusive first place but uh but it's on the radar and i know it's going to be coming but uh, i wanted to share with some of the secrets and elements that i implemented and uncovered on my journey um you know that took honestly less than a year so um to go from just a, a strong finisher to a podium finisher so i encourage you to check that out look forward to seeing you on that webinar
1: valuable and we appreciate you spending it with us. Realizing your optimized self begins with taking action and making progress every single day. Achieving a fuller life can be as simple as smiling more often while embracing the infinite possibilities waiting for you. If you like what you heard today, be sure to hit that subscribe button and share with your friends. We are grateful for your support and appreciate you sharing this with others. See you in the next episode. And remember, together, let's all live warrior
0: optimized.